0: Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His word. Amen. Good to see you all. You feeling good? That's the way. You're welcome to grab your seat. Thanks so much, team. Don't go too far away. You know I'm always getting you come back up here. I sound like I'm talking like a southerner. I said y'all and y'all come back and that's all right. Hey, I want to, I just want to chuck my weight behind the Nexus Care Christmas appeal, young adults particularly. Josh mentioned this one thing there that there's one-off opportunities to come and volunteer with Nexus Care and I've got to tell you, Christmas is a time where we can become so about ourselves and kind of getting to that rest and all those things. But jump in and volunteer. Come and be a part of our amazing charity, Nexus Care, because it's not an extension of our church. It is our church, and it's it's how we are in our community, how we reach our community. So I just want to encourage you, if, if, if community is something you feel called to, or even as Christians, if you feel called to people, which we all should be, uh, get amongst it. Get in there and volunteer and, and be a part of something incredible in our community. It's a, a really good time. I'm going to jump straight into the words tonight. I'm loving the series we're in at the moment, The King's Kingdom. And I've got to thank, because Yolanda's here now. Yolanda is one of our graphic designers, and she made this amazing graphic. Can we just thank Yolanda? I think she does an amazing job. You would not believe how many times they come up with amazing things. And then we go, oh, can you change it a little bit? And they're very patient with us. So we thank you for that. Both Yolanda and Giorgio as well. They do an amazing job. But this this series is something that I'm really passionate about. And I don't know what it is. When we talk about the King's Kingdom, I feel like something jumps within us. I don't know about you, but when people talk about the Kingdom of Heaven, something jumps within me. But straight after that is this almost dread, or not dread, but this, this thought of, I can never attain that. I just don't, like, I get that it's this amazing kingdom that we're called into. I get that it's this great way to live, that we get to live in communion with our Savior. But to actually live it out, it feels like there's this gap. And, and I don't know about you, but it definitely feels in myself, I'm like, yes, the King's kingdom. But then I'm like, I'm going to get back to my little kingdom now, and I'll be okay. You know, the Sermon on the Mount is where, because in this series, we're working our way through the Beatitudes, and the Sermon on the Mount has been up for discussion for a long time. Throughout generations, I feel like every generation feels like they're the ones that figure it out. There's, there's generations that have gone, this is a moral and ethical code for us to follow. And if we follow this to a T, then the kingdom of heaven will be here because we're living in it. We've lived the way that Jesus said. And then others kind of flip to the other end and they're like, no, no, no. Jesus is describing a kingdom that's so far from what we can attain It has to be by grace that that we step into that. And same with the Beatitudes. Some might say these are markers that every Christian must have to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. But then we'll go to the other way and and some may say these are merely uh, invitations for those on the fringe and describing those who are in the crowd to invite them in. And I want to say, yes, Absolutely. I agree with all of the above. There's something about us as humans, we always think we're the enlightened generation. We always think we're the ones that have figured out the key. But I want to suggest that Scripture is a beautiful diamond that as light is cast through it, It refracts off in different directions and there's beauty in all of the angles. And I think there's beauty in all of these things. So tonight, I'm not going to try to let you know what the key to this passage is. We're merely going to jump into it together and and explore it a little bit because uh, I believe that the Beatitudes are a beautiful reflection of the heart of our Saviour. They're a beautiful reflection of who Jesus is and the life that he's calling us into. And as we read it and as we learn about him, we get to live out his kingdom. So let's, let's read this passage together. It's in Matthew 5, 3 to 10. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So tonight we're going to sit in the verse, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And this is a verse I'm sure you've heard thrown around. And so before we get into it, let's talk about what it means to be meek or or meekness many people have different versions of this. When I hear this word, and whether correctly or incorrectly, before this week, I kind of thought of it as being a bit shy or a bit timid. And um, it's it's kind of this thing that we see. I feel like if you go to Nando's, we think that being meek is lemon and herb. You know, you get your chicken. I'm going to get that with lemon and herb. I want to suggest, and this isn't in the scripture, but if you're going to Nando's and you're getting lemon and herb, you're going to the wrong chicken shop. But I we often think that... Sorry, that's offensive, Nathan, but you'll be right. Um, it's a, we, we think that that's what it is, but I don't believe that Meek is that. In the same way, I don't believe Meek is extra hot, which will hurt Nipe's feelings, because he's all about extra hot. He gets extra hot sauce on the side of the extra hot. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. That's why your voice sounds like that. It's the hot sauce from Nando's. I believe Meek is somewhere in the middle. It's the ability to go spicy... But not willing to burn those with it. It's this. It's this little bit in the middle. You know, I, <laughs> the I, I like the description of meekness as gentleness to be gentle. Throughout some translations, instead of meek, it would say gentle, blessed to the gentle. And I kind of like this. A a few years ago, um, we had a baby bird fall out of a tree in our house and um, Coco was five and Sparrow was three. And naturally, when we see animals in our house, we grab them and we go and get them. We do this with lizards, with uh, whatever we see actually. But so there was a baby bird and Coco went and got this bird and Coco's so beautiful. She's, she epitomizes gentleness. She knows what it is to be gentle with an animal. She picks it up and she holds it and she's like, look, Daddy, it's a baby bird and it's just chirping. And it, it looks like the bird's been reunited with its mother again. Ironically, then comes Sparrow, who's named after a bird. Um, she's not so gentle. She's three as well, so fair enough. She's also asleep. She's gentle now. That's good. But she grabbed that bird and she did not wanna let that thing fall to the ground. In her mind, she was protecting the bird. In her mind, she was holding it tightly because she didn't want it to drop and hurt itself. What she didn't think about was she was squeezing the life out of this bird and not allowing it to actually breathe. And I feel like this is a, not sparrow, more cocoa, is a really nice picture of what it means to be meek. You've got the strength to crush that bird, but you want to hold it in the palm of your hand. You want to hold it and keep it comfortable, keep it safe, but also allow it to keep on breathing. And I think this is, this is what it talks about when it says blessed are the meek. And this word meek is, it's the ability to do far more, the ability to crush, to dominate, to control, but the choice to withhold, the choice to be gentle and the, the choice to restrain yourself in your interactions. You know, parenting has been teaching me to be gentle. When we, um, when we first had kids, I always thought I'd have a boy, but God had better ideas. He knew that I needed girls. He knew I needed daughters because it's amazing the journey I've had to go on as a parent in learning gentleness. And it's uh, I've got a long way to go. It's still a process, and it's a process all of us go on. But I know when I look back at the start of having kids to now, that's something I've had to grow in. And, and it's something that the Lord takes us on that journey of gentleness. The word meek in Greek is praus, So this word can be translated as a mildness of disposition, gentleness of spirit or meekness. And it appears four times in the, in the New Testament. And this is important because I want to jump across to one in just a little bit. But the four times it pops up is in uh, Peter's first letter to a church that is uh, quite uh, persecuted and pretty bewildered. And it's an encouragement to them to continue to be gentle, but to stand firm in their faith. It's also uh, the word used to describe Jesus riding in on a donkey, that he was humble riding on a donkey. And then here in the Beatitudes, blessed are the meek. And finally, later in Matthew, which is the only time throughout all of the Gospels that Jesus describes his own heart. And we'll get there in just a moment. I want to talk a little bit about the kingdom because we've we've called it the king's kingdom, so we need to focus on the kingdom for just a little bit. Have you got things in your life that you have used forever incorrectly, but you think it's quite normal? There's, There's all of these YouTube videos and hacks and things going on. For instance, potato peelers. Maybe you're a top-to-bottom peeler or you're a bottom-to-top peeler. Did you know you can do both? It's got the two blades, so you go top-bottom, 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 top-bottom. We've been doing it wrong all this time. I don't have the skill to not take off my fingers, but apparently you can do it. The other one is, for all the, um, for all the people that use uh, screwdrivers in the room, you know those little stubby screwdrivers that are made for tight spaces? Prepare to have your mind blown. So when we use them, It's so hard to actually tighten things. But what do all of these screwdrivers have in common? That weird handle with the grooves, right? Around it. This is for our ring spinners. So you can place a ring spinner over your stubby screwdriver, place it in there, and then have leverage to actually tighten things in tight spaces. Let's pray. We'll leave for the night. It's a... uh, yeah, right. It is amazing. I told an electrician today, and he almost fell over. It was fantastic. For me, I experienced this in the, in the biggest way. Uh, when we first moved into our house, we had to paint the whole thing, because it was every room was a different colour. Um, which was kind of like a fantasy wonderland, but not to live in. Um, so we, we went through and wanted to paint it, and we'd heard that a paint sprayer is a really efficient way to paint your house. It's efficient when it comes to time, but not so much when it comes to price. And I'm a little bit gung-ho when it comes to these type of things. So I just got the paint sprayer and was like, let's do this thing. Let's paint the house. And Ree and I both put on our, our respirators so that we could still breathe, because that's important. And I, started, I, I set up to what I thought was about a good setting and, and set my paint sprayer up and just started going from left to right on every wall. But what was happening was most of the paint was actually bouncing off the wall and coming back into the room and covering Ree and I and by the end of it we were head to toe white and about halfway through my respirator got so covered I had to take it off that by the end of the painting experience I was just expressing myself because there it was, it was a lot of paint fumes in the room but I figured out that what was happening was my pressure was set incorrectly. and I had to look up how to do this properly. And through doing it, I was able to paint the rest of the house with zero overspray, not quite to eye paint levels, but getting there, we'll, one day we'll be all right. We have this knack of continuing to use things in the wrong way and we think it's normal. When we talk about the kingdom of heaven, often our language is it's the upside down kingdom or it's the counter cultural kingdom. I want to suggest that we are living in the upside-down kingdom. I want to suggest that the lives we live, we're living in brokenness, and we've decided to accept that that is normal. His kingdom is the right way up. His kingdom is the one that He's inviting us into. And this is freeing because we don't have to discover a new kingdom. We merely have to be restored back into His kingdom. And this is what's so beautiful about the kingdom of heaven and what He invites us into. See, look at Jesus' language around it. He talks about renewing things, restoring things, redeeming things. And we get invited to be in that with him. But the thing about a kingdom is a kingdom will only ever reflect the heart of a king. And this is where I want to sit tonight. The kingdom will only ever reflect the heart of a king. So whatever you think about the kingdom of heaven, it has to come back and go through the lens of whoever the king is. And we've just been singing that with the team, all hail King Jesus. And when we sing that, in my mind, it's such an epic song. And we we picture this this amazing God that's flinging the stars into space, throwing planets into order and doing all this stuff. And he does all of those things. But we need to go and look at how the king describes himself, because that is how we need to view his kingdom. So if you come with, if you have your, your Bible or your phone, this is how big Bibles are now. Uh, if you have your Bible with you, if you want to turn with me to Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, what this shows us is it's the engine room for Jesus. This is his heart. This is the thing that makes him tick. This is the thing that gets him out of bed in the morning, that drives him to be who he is and to lead his kingdom. Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble or lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is how our king describes himself. Not as magnificent, not as controlling or dominant. He describes himself as gentle and lowly or humble in heart. He is gentle. This is that same word, meekness. He is gentle. The word kind of invokes this idea of caressing. It's like a, I was going to say the evil guy off Inspector Gadget, caressing his cat, but I'm not going to say that. It's more of a word that it it just invokes that idea of there's a gentleness to it. I want you to picture Coco's hands holding that, that baby bird, that holding it in the palm of her hands, keeping it safe caressing it, making sure that it has everything it needs and not fall to the ground. I mean, look at Jesus, the very fact that the way that he chose to express himself to us and to show his plan for us was to take on the form of a human. He could have been a booming voice from heaven. He could have been many different things, but he chose to take on the form of man. He chose to take flesh upon himself so that he could come down to our level. And, and I feel like this is a beautiful picture of, of lowly, when it says that I'm gentle and lowly. He was willing to go to whatever level necessary to reach you and I, to reach us and to let us know his plan for us and, and that his kingdom is on hand and that, that he wants to invite us into it. You know, Jesus is accessible. And I actually really love this idea of the Beatitudes being barriers being torn down for people. There were people in the crowds there that that didn't think they were allowed to be a part of the kingdom. Didn't think they were allowed to be a part of any movement. But Jesus, in the introduction to his sermon, breaks down all these barriers. He says, come to me. You're welcome here. You're welcome to be a part of my kingdom. I want to be your king. I want to lead you. I want to give you rest. But he doesn't leave it there. He keeps on moving through. I think Jesus is kind of like, there's, so there's two, we live in Queensland, so lots of houses have pools. I think there's two types of pools out there. There's lots of types, but let's minim it down, minimize it down to two. There's above ground pools, and there's in-ground pools. Now, after a, a long day of gardening and, and doing things outside, I prefer an in-ground pool. Because what you do is you walk up to it, and you just fall in. And you are refreshed it's beautiful. If you have an above-ground pool, it's, it's still good. It's not a bad thing. It's good to have an above-ground pool. But you have your time in the garden, and then when you're completely wrecked, you have to climb up this ladder. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> climb up that ladder. We're going to pray for all those with above-ground pools after this. And then you get to get into the refreshment. I think this is how a lot of us kind of feel like the kingdom is. We feel like we can walk towards it. We can peer into it. We can even look at the refreshing waters, but we think we need to get up these steps first. We need to head up a ladder before we can actually jump in and enjoy the benefits of it. But the good thing is our Savior, our King describes himself as lowly. He's willing to make it as easy as possible. And can I say he has made it as easy as possible because all he says is, come to me. That's all we have to do. Step towards me. He doesn't say, fix yourself up. And then you're welcome to come and see me. One of the things that frustrates me, this kind of shows you I don't have much frustrations in my life. But when people get cleaners in their home, but they clean the house first, why are you paying for a cleaner? You're getting someone to come in and clean it. But to be honest, this is kind of how we approach our faith. We kind of go, Lord, take me as I am. But just before that, let me clean up my act. Let me fix this. Let me get that in order. Let me make sure that I'm presentable for you and then you can come in and do your work. But Jesus, Jesus says it, says it beautifully. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Are you weary and burdened? Are you feeling like life is coming at you? We're coming up to Christmas and it's a, it's a really amazing time because there's hope. You, you're thinking about, Oh my goodness. Like there's hope because Jesus was born, but also holidays. And it's this we look to it and we're like, "Oh my goodness, I cannot wait to have 2 weeks off. This is all I need. All my problems will go away. I can finally stop. I can finally get some rest." We've got this weariness to us. We feel burdened. But for some reason, I feel like we mistaken uh, being tired in our bodies with being tired in our souls. I think this is why we can't fix it. This is why we're constantly looking for that thing to, to make me not stressed. I'm looking for that thing that actually fixes my schedule so that I'm no longer burdened with the worries of life. I think if, if I can just go down to a four-day week, if I can go down to a three-day week, if I can have more days off, I will not be weary and burdened. Can I tell you, if your body's tired, you need sleep. But if your soul's tired, sleep A vacation all of these things they they will not fix it for you Jesus tells us here what the right way to do it is and it's so much simpler come to me come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest you see Jesus doesn't promise an escape from reality this is what so this is why we often call it an upside-down kingdom because if he was saying I'm gonna give you rest we expect him to then either supernaturally just go rest or give us the equipment, or something that actually gives us rest. But the equipment that he promises us, the equipment that he says will give us rest, is a yoke. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now, for those that aren't aware, a yoke is a big timber thing that sits across the oxen to allow them to do their work. So the very thing that Jesus is using to give us rest is a piece of equipment for work. And this is what tells me that Jesus is not here For us to escape reality he's inviting us to come to him to give us the equipment so that we can truly find rest and rest for our weary souls and this is what's so beautiful and so tonight if you are if you are feeling like you're at the end of your rope you just you're done you're kind of looking for the answers you're going to go and i'm i'm finished i'm so spent i've got nothing else to offer i've tried all of these things I want to suggest that potentially you're putting on the wrong yoke. When it says that my yoke is easy, what that says is my yoke is well-fitting. It will fit you well. It will be comfortable. It will sit across your shoulders and it will not be a burden. It will actually do the opposite. It will help hold you up. It will lift you up. But we have a tendency to put on these other yokes. We go, if, if only I had that, that, um, that career, if only I had that promotion then I would have more money, then I would be happy. And this is, this is the lie that we tell ourselves because we're so self-sufficient. But Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I think a little bit as well. Team, you're welcome to come join me too, if you want. Sorry, I didn't get much of a break, but I just want to sing again. I like that song. There's, there's something about us that We almost feel, and and I'm I'm talking to Christians in the room, that you've been Christians for a while. You feel like, I can take my, my sin to Jesus. I can take my brokenness to Jesus. But then it's done. I can't do it again. I can't do that again. But I want to remind you that his heart, he describes his heart as gentle and lowly the very function that he loves to do, the engine room that he functions best in is giving us rest. And so when we withhold our burdens, when we withhold our weariness and try to sort it out ourselves, we're actually robbing our king of the very thing he loves to do. You know, in our house, um, oh, sorry, not in our house, in a house, there's some cockroaches every now and then. Um, (laughs) Definitely not our house, hey, Ray? Ree is frightened of cockroaches. Is just like she just thinks they are the absolute worst thing on the planet. I tolerate cockroaches. I don't like them. I want to get rid of them. But I know that Ree's not going to, but I need to. And I need to go. And we had some people over, and a cockroach flew across and I pounced. I was like a so we're at another person's house, sorry. And a cockroach went across. And I grabbed the cockroach, and I got rid of the cockroach. But it's not my heart. I don't enjoy doing it. There is, however, someone in my house that loves doing it. And that is our dog, Moose, in in other people's houses. If he sees a cockroach, he is going after that thing. He is eating that thing and disposing of that thing. It is the very heart of Moose to remove cockroaches from our house. And to not allow him to do that would be to rob him the joy of removing cockroaches, if you're feeling the spirit moving right now. It's a... But this is kind of what we do to Jesus. We withhold it. We think it's a chore for him. We think it's, it's kind of like how I feel about it, that, that it's going to be tough for him, and he'll do it. He's happy to do it. He's happy to remove it, but he doesn't really enjoy it. Can I tell you, he loves it when you come to him. He loves it when you come to Him and you bring your, your worries, your troubles, your burdens, those things that are dragging you down. It brings Him so much joy because He is gentleness. He doesn't just exercise gentleness. He is gentleness. And He wants to hold you in the palm of His hand. He wants to see you free. He wants to see you free of burden, free of being weary. He wants to see you walking in freedom. But there's one thing I believe when I look through these beatitudes that's a true barrier for each of us actually entering the kingdom of heaven. And that's pride. If we're too proud, if we're too willing to focus on ourselves and be independent and not willing to be dependent on Him, we can't enter the kingdom. You see, it's not what you've done that disqualifies you. It's not how you feel that disqualifies you. It's your choice not to engage that disqualifies you. And this is why he says, Blessed are the meek, blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Even that idea of inheriting the earth, think of those who inherit. It's usually family members, it's usually those that carry the same heart, carry the same DNA. And when we come to Jesus, he removes the barriers. He says, Come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, come and be a part of my family. Come and be my son. Come and be my daughter. And let me put my heart within you so you too can be gentle and lowly with those around you. And then we inherit the earth. Why don't you jump to your feet? I'd love to pray for you. This is super simple tonight, but for some reason we we need to hear this over and over. This week as I was preparing, I had to once again go, man, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Why do, I, why do I put this wall in front of myself to actually enter the kingdom? Why do I put up this barrier? But you know what's so good? Is Jesus says, come to me. And tonight, he's inviting you to come to him. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe you've never been in this environment, or maybe you've been a few times and you're just sorting it out and you're figuring out what this whole Christianity thing is. I want to tell you there's nothing you have to do there's nothing you have to sort out that you don't have to clean up your act for him to accept you he's just inviting you in so with with all eyes closed if that's you tonight and maybe for the very first time or you need to do it again you need to say lord i want to be a part of this family i want to be a part of this thing i want to be a part of your kingdom i want to call you king Maybe it's the first time you've done it. Maybe you've done it a thousand times. I just want to ask you to just place your hand on your heart. And this is just you saying, Lord, I'm coming back into your kingdom or I'm coming into your kingdom for the first time. I'm weary. I'm heavy laden. I'm burdened. But Lord, I want your rest. I want your yoke upon me. Lord, I pray for these people responding right now. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, for your kindness, for your gentleness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're inviting each of us into relationship. Lord, that, that you want each of us to be a part of your kingdom and to live within your kingdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that you do the heavy lifting, that you do the work within each of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have removed all barriers. Lord, that you have made a clear path to your heart. Lord, you've made a clear path to your kingdom. You've made a clear path to our heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that by your death and resurrection, that death does not have the last say. But Lord, that we have freedom because of you, because of your goodness and because of your gentleness. Just with your eyes closed, I also want to invite you afresh To come and to lay your burdens upon him. It'd make sense to invite you forward, but I actually want you to do it in your seat. If this is you, you're just like, you know what? I've been placing all these yokes upon my shoulders. I've been placing these things that that I thought would give me rest, these things that I thought would give me freedom, but it's not working. And tonight, I choose to place his yoke upon me. His yoke that is easy, that is well fitting, that is fit for purpose. If that's you tonight, I want you to also place your hand on your heart. And this is just saying, Lord, I'm coming to you afresh. Lord, thank you for, for taking my heart. Lord, thank you for taking me as I am. Thank you, Lord, that we don't walk this road alone. So Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray that your presence would be so tangible for each person responding. Lord, that that they would feel not a weight lifting off their shoulders, but your yoke being placed upon their shoulders, Lord, knowing that they are now attached to you. Lord, attached to your ways. Lord, attached to your gentleness and your kindness. Lord, let us be a people that respond to others the same way that you responded to us. Lord, that we would be gentle. Lord, that we would respond with kindness to those that we come across. Lord, that we would be willing to go to whatever level so that others would know your love. Lord, don't let it stop with us. Lord, don't let it stop in our hearts. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are King and that your kingdom is for us to walk in. And so, Lord, when we say, all hail King Jesus, We praise you because you were the one that made a way. Because you were the one that stepped towards us. Because you were the one that removes all barriers. We praise you, Lord Jesus, because your name is the most high. Your name is lifted on high. Lord, we magnify you. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. We're going to sing this together and As you sing it, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture our gentle and lowly Saviour, that His heart is towards you, that He's inviting you in and that He's making a way for you. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them. And we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.